Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of the Western Rookie Hunting Podcast. And joining me today is a guy that I got to meet out at the Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City this year. An amazing show. I had a ton of fun, but I stopped by the Gunworks booth where I met Paik Taylor. He's a salesman for Gunworks. He loves hunting and shooting long range, building setups. And so in this episode, we're going to cover everything from optics to the rifle, rounds, you name it, we're covering it. So if shooting long range is something that you want in your arsenal, or if it's something that you want to apply to a hunting scenario, this is the episode for you. I can't wait. Let's jump right in. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I'm joined by Peg Taylor from Gunworks. He and I actually connected... Um, out in Salt Lake City at the Hunt Expo. Um, super awesome guy. And uh, I'll, I'll share a funny story about that whole connection uh, here in a little bit. But, Pake, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, no, I appreciate you having me, boss. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember uh, I I went up to the Gunworks um, booth, and I was like, dude, first of all, I just like looking at awesome stuff. And when when new guns come out, when new scopes come out or full systems, I just like to look at them whether or not yep. I'm going to be able to buy one. Like <laughs> I just have to, I have to check it out. And, uh, that was my first show that I had ever been to. So to be able to check out your booth, I had, I'd shot a couple of gunworks guns in the past, but you showed me the new system, um, the new scope with like the heads up display inside of the oh, scope yeah. that does windage and elevation and pressure and, and yardage. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get one of these at some point. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Why don't you share, uh, before we fully jump into the show, a little bit about yourself. What do you do with Gunworks? Um, kind of what is your what is your role at the company and what you like to do in the outdoors? Sure. No, no. So, I've, uh, you know, I haven't been with Gunworks too long. I uh, started with them, at the, uh, I guess, at the beginning of the, this past winter. Uh, you know, I uh, work, for the in, or work with the inside sales team, so do some traveling around. I was just down in Texas with the shooting school. Uh, like you said, I do, you know, trade shows, but, you know, mostly answering on the phones, answering questions. Uh, so you get to talk with a lot of really cool folks on a daily basis. Uh, you know, and I grew up out in, uh, Eastern Washington, uh, you know, grew up on a cattle ranch out there and, uh, you know, just always into hunting and fishing and all that sort of stuff. Like everybody else was in, in the industry. And, uh, uh, you know, I do a little bit of competitive sh- competitive shooting. I'm yet, I'm yet to shoot an actual match, but you know, I've messed around quite a bit. That's one of my big goals this year is actually to, you know, do some some uh, paper signing and follow through with a couple of the shooting uh, shooting events, which worked out pretty good at Gunworks because there's a lot of guys that like to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. What uh, what what round are you shooting right now? So right now I got a six five PRC. Um, got that in, uh, you know, it's probably a 13, 14 pound rifle. So it's a pleasure to shoot. I've kind of been messing around with some low data with it. I had a pretty solid load, uh, built up, but I don't want to, you know, with as fun as everything is to find right now, I had to do a little switching around. So I'm messing around with that right now. Man, with gas prices going up, uh, ammo ammo doesn't even seem that bad anymore. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is, you're not wrong there. That's, that's sweet, man. I've, I've enjoyed long range shooting. I haven't done it a ton. I've tried to like build a rifle in the past and every time I go about building a rifle for long range shooting, 
I end up going, okay, I'm not even in a financial position to be able to shoot all the time. Why did I just do this? Or like, I'll go out and my wife's like, oh, how much do you need for today for ammo? I'm like, yeah, it's like 200 bucks just for the day. And she's like, what are you kidding me? So anyways, now I'm to the point where I really do like shooting. And anytime Mm -hmm. I shoot my rifle, I'm shooting, you know, four or 500 yards. I don't typically go a whole lot farther than that. Uh, just yeah. because I'd have to find a new chunk of land to shoot on if I did. Yeah, sure. No, there's definitely something to be said in reloading for that when you start getting to, you know, with like with the PRC or just like a 6.5 or 308, something like that. You know, if somebody's come up to me and say, hey, do I need to reload? No, you don't really need to. Yeah. You start shooting like, you know, a 300 mag or, you know, some of the big 338s and you know things like that. It's like it, it really starts to make sense for some folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. shot a, I had a 338 Win Mag for a while, oh, yeah. and that was a fun, fun round to shoot. I mean, I had heard a lot about the 338 Lapuas. Well, this thing, man, did it pack a punch. I mean, it had some serious heat to it, and uh, it was fun shooting, and I could shoot a long ways, but, yeah. but yeah, finding ammo for it, that was, mm-hmm. that was the tough part. I was like, man, yeah. I've got to figure out reloading, or I've got to find a new rifle. Yeah. Now that 338 mag or yeah, one mag. That was the like original. If you wanted to go hunt elk, you needed yourself a 338 wind mag back in the day. Oh yeah, you, that was the, the go-to cartridge. Uh, you know, I haven't spent too much time behind one. Uh, really, the the 338. I spent the most time behind my uh, cousin. He's he's my first cousin, but he's more like a like second father figure sort of a thing. Uh, he ha- has a 338 Lapua from a Seiko, one of their TRGs. Awesome rifle. As <clears throat> as the first rifle I ever really shot out to distance, we were shooting out to 1,500 yards one day when I was still in middle school. But Jeez. I mean, for that guy, I mean, that rifle's, I don't know, probably 18 ish pounds or so. And uh, all I was really doing was just kind of pulling the trigger. Everything else was done. But I was like, going back into school on Mondays, like, you guys don't even know what I did this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Man, that's so sweet. Like, to to have the capability to not only pull off a shot like that, but be confident every time you pull off or pull the trigger mm-hmm. on on a rifle. Um, that's sweet. What What does that look like as far as, like, a hunting application, right? Because I know a lot of people think about, shooting long distances, you know, on a bench or at a range or, or something like that. As far as the systems that you guys offer go, how doable is it to pull a thousand yard shot off on, on an elk or a mule deer or something? Sure. You know, the, and you know, just as well as, you know, I, I do the biggest factor with shooting to distance is two things. It's going to be your biggest thing is going to be your wind. And then your second is going to be your, like your position, like how comfortable are you in it? Yeah. So like in our shooting schools, we, what we, what we like to say is, you know, we, we say in our slogan, we do mean it, you know, we're a thousand yards out of the box and at the shooting schools, you know, we, we're definitely more geared towards the hunting side of things. You know, we get some competition shooters coming in and doing uh, some of our classes, some of our, uh, our higher classes. Um, so we, so we like to say, you know, we'll teach you how to shoot a thousand yards, but what we really want to do is we want to make 700 yards a slam dunk every time. Yep. Uh, and you know, for me, realistically elk size game, you know, I'm going to be shooting a, a seven mag or bigger. Um, I'm working on getting a 28 nozzle started right now. Yeah. So that's where, I, that's going to be my first build. Uh, like I shoot a three, 300 wind mag right now. Uh, and really I haven't shot on game, you know, I've shot coyotes out to, you know, that 600 yard mark and stuff like that. But game's always been like 400 and in, Yeah. Uh, I just haven't been presented with the right opportunity with, and granted, you know, I don't have, you know, I just moved, like I said, just moved out here to Wyoming, a handful of months ago. So it's definitely something I'm going to be getting into more is looking for those longer, you know, those extended ranges shots, just, you know, is it something I'm comfortable with? And and it's a it's a slippery slope. So <laughs> go back to the cartridge real quick. You could shoot, you know, like a lot of guys say, you could kill an elk with a pin knife uh, if you put the bullet in the right spot. So you know your shot placement, your uh, 
you want to make sure that your bullet has enough velocity to open up. So it's, if you're shooting like a, you know, a Barnes LRX, you better know that, you know, that's going to be 2000 plus feet per second or so to reliably expand. Uh, you know, for me, elk size game, if a dude shooting, you know, anywhere from 800 yards out, that's pretty killer. And that's probably where I'd start drawing my line right now is probably eight to probably right around 800. If, I mean, if the, everything was absolutely perfect, I'd consider a thousand yard shot, but that, you know, that gets into so much personal things. So oh, yeah. our, our systems are definitely capable of it. You know, we got at the shop, you know, we, I know a couple of guys off the top of my head that have shot elk to the little past 1200 yards. Jeez. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, we got some, like, so our muzzle loader, uh, friend, of, uh, client of ours from Utah was just sent me some videos from this past elk season they shot a cow elk at, I think it was 670 or 760. I think it was 760. It's one of those two numbers. I don't remember correct. But it was like way further than what some people would even remotely think a muzzleloader can. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it, yeah, it's, you know, confidence in your equipment, confidence in yourself is a big thing, which the only way to get that is time behind a gun. Yeah. Yeah, I... I like to practice at certain distances and then I know like, Hey, I can pull off a shot like that. Um, sure. obviously the, the environmental effects get oh. compounded once you mm-hmm. get out to like, like 400 yards, even you can have a pretty steady wind oh, and yeah. not have to worry quite as much about it. But once you get, you know, seven, eight, 900 up to a thousand plus, Holy cow. Mm-hmm that plays a huge role in it. And so it's like, you can be confident in the equipment, but then also knowing how to adjust, which that's where that new, that new system you were showing me comes into play. Uh, can you, can you share a little bit about the rifle system, the scope, everything, how, how that whole deal works? Sure. So we were checking out that PMR from us and it's not, it's definitely not new where uh, we got a lot of cool things coming out this next, uh, this year. Uh, but basically the P- the Revic PMR, which the Revic is, uh, a, it, it's a gun works, you know, it's, it's our optic line. Uh, so basically what it is, is you could upload a ballistic profile to that opt or yeah, to your optic. And like you kind of touched on <clears throat> at the beginning, at the top of that, uh, if you're looking through the scope at the top of the, uh, at the top of your your sight, uh, your eyesight, you, that it has our that heads up display, and it, so that's going to give you whatever whatever profile that is in that scope. So say like your thirty nozzle. Uh, then from there, it's going to give you what your what your uh, elevation is, or what you have your scope set at elevation wise. Uh, it's got an inter uh, integral uh, level in it. So you're not having to run one off of your, uh, like off the side of your scope tube or something like that. Yep. And um, so, you know, doing that, uh, when you upload that profile, that's going to have all your ballistics information. So your velocity, your BC, uh, you know, have uh, your barrel twist rate, all that, all the sort of things like that that you're going to need to know to make a long range shot. Uh, And then it also has that wind feature on the side, which, it doesn't. It doesn't do a live wind reading, so it's not gonna. It's not like a catch where it's gonna pop something up. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, you if you, you know you can run that, and it'll give you yeah your miles per hour of what. Uh, so you kind of match that up to what you think it should be. And jeez, yeah. so I mean, how long for somebody who's new to long range shooting, how, how long do you think working a system like that would take before you could really get comfortable with it? Or is it something where, you know, in a day, once you figure out the features, you can be connecting at, sure. at super long ranges? You know, truthfully, I think it's probably, the, I think it's the easiest way for somebody who who's just starting off, you know, doing long range shooting to start. That being said, you know, if you, it's at the top of the line though. So if you want to, you know, if you want to learn how to drive a race car, you got to pay for a race car sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it, so, you know, it's like, you know, like Suaro has that DDS five or whatever it is uh, that does a lot of the similar things as what this Revic does. Uh, 
it, it, it eliminates a lot of like the guesswork and, you know, the holdovers and that, all that sort of stuff. So it, it's definitely the most user-friendly system I've been around. So it's not like you just turn it into MOA turret, you know, some guys, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of guys that don't know the difference between like an MOA and mills and, you know, things like that, which is no fault against them. You know, they're, they're just starting off into it and there's just a lot to digest. Yeah. And you can definitely get lost in the weeds really fast. <laughs> oh man. It can be, it can be very intimidating when you start out and you see all the mm-hmm. different gear you find out like, wait a minute, I need to know the wind. I need to know the pressure. I need to know Coriolis effect. Uh, you know, there's so many things that play into it, which sure. as far as hunting goes, I feel like people overcomplicate things a lot or they see the video of a guy shooting an elk at 1,370 yards and they're mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to do that. Sure. I'm telling you right now, out of the hunts that I've been on, I've never even been in a position where I needed to take that long of a shot. Yeah. I've, I've watched one guy attempt a shot that long, at, at a little over a thousand yards, but mm-hmm. even in that group, I mean, they've been hunting the same area for elk for a dozen years. Sure. And he said all but two of the shots so far have been inside of five, 600 yards, typically oh, yeah. around 400. And yeah. he's like, for that, you know, you don't need something that can reach out to a mile. Although it's always fun to have that gun in camp oh, yeah. showing it off. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, we, uh, <clears throat> I hunted up in, uh, Montana this year. Uh, yes. Uh, we were up, we were on the upper Missouri river breaks and <clears throat> there was, four four guys and then two of them had their sons with them so there's four four of us and let's say three yeah three kids and um you know one of the one of the one of the boys had a opportunity at it would have been just over 600 yards and it would have been like with my my rifle and my dad's rifle that we you know we got definitely set up to be able to shoot long uh it didn't end up working out at the time but it like you said but having the ability it's a double-edged sword because it's like hey i could you know the rifle can do it but can the shooter do it yep that's that's one thing i really preach like talking with like people new to hunting and just new to long-range shooting but especially new to hunting is you have to know your limitations and you know a lot of times that could be an ego check for some guys (laughs) but you know it in my opinion, you know, that the animal definitely deserves the respect and you need to be able, you know, hey, you know, it's just not something I can do. You know, let's try to get a new route on this guy or, you know, let's just go find something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that part about, like, being out there. You, you would hate to be in a position where you have the opportunity to shot and you let your ego get in the way even though you're not capable of making the shot and, and yeah. say you wound an animal. And so yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you haven't practiced at that range, don't take a shot on a, on a live animal at that range. You know, if, if (laughs) some people might hate me for this, but if we're talking about coyotes or hogs, I feel like it's a little bit different. You know, when it's a (laughs) predator or a pest or a nuisance or something like that. But on an elk, I mean, like I can't imagine being out there pulling the trigger and then having to trail it. Like when you're elk hunting, you might get into some sketchy terrain in a hurry and to have to trail something like that down into a canyon and then have to get it all back out and, and get the meat out, man, you, you want to make sure you're as effective and efficient as possible. Um, changing changing gears a little bit, I, I remember something that stuck out to me, and it was actually from some guys that I know that owned a couple Gunworks rifles. And I'm telling you, like, sweetest like piece of hunting equipment I think I've ever Years. Sure. I mean, shooting a thousand yards, even out to a mile with it was a lot of fun, but they told me, they're like, listen, if you're going to have a good setup, if you're going to have a good shooting system, mm-hmm. don't be the guy that puts all of this money into his rifle, into his scope, and then goes cheap with ammo because he doesn't have enough money. And 100%. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I'll never forget. He said, the bullet is the only thing that makes contact with the animal. Why would you go cheap with that? And I was like, dang, because I was that guy for a long time. I'd put a lot of money into certain components of my system. And then I'd go and buy like the cheapest ammo I could find just because I wanted to shoot more. And 
uh, I just wouldn't get the results that I wanted. What a, I, I know you guys have a full line of, of ammunition for each of your rifles. Yep. What does that look like? I mean, how a lot of people talk about reloading, how close to like hand reloaded ammo is the stuff that you guys come out with? Man, you know, you're sitting right now on just below my uh, reloading bench. So, you know, and I've reloaded for multiple years now. Uh, and it's it's annoying how good that ammo is because <laughs> you know, I'll sit here for a couple hours and, you know, crank out some, you know, so like probably some of the highest ammunition that I could get my hands on. As far as just you know, taking the time to measure each power charge in your bullets and all that sort of stuff, and then I'll get a picture of a customer sending me a you know a quarter inch group at a hundred yards. It's like, man, I don't even know why I trust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's you know it's definitely so from we we from the very first rifle that we ever sent out with uh, one of our gunworks loads uh, to a rifle I'll sell to a guy tomorrow. That ammunition, if it's a 300 drum or a 22-250, it's going to be able to shoot the exact same in each one of those guns because they paid for that full system. You know, it's that whole thousand yards out of the box. You don't have to worry about nothing. It's always going to work for you. Uh, the ammo's got to be less than 15 feet per second uh, uh, spread-wise from, like I said, the very first round we ever shot through a rifle to one I'll make tomorrow. Um, and we also got to be single digit, uh, extremes. I'm going to be say 31, 30. Uh, so that's your extreme spread would be, that'd be a very big extreme spread, but, <laughs> uh, so it's definitely some killer stuff. You know, there's a lot of guys, if it was, a, if this was a normal year, somebody could call us up that doesn't own one of our rifles and goes, Hey, need some 300 wind mag, uh, and we'd be able to ship it out the door right now. You know, we're trying to just meet the demands of the our customers who have our rifles, just because you know how shorter components things are. Um, so the yeah, there's a lot of guys that just run our ammo for that reason because it's you know, top of the line stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it, we've it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I've I've looked and looked and looked at at different rifles and even even being at the hunt expo walking around and seeing all the different stuff, the different companies that are coming out with new equipment. The thing that one of the things that really took me back was when you handed me the rifle, the full system, mm -hmm. you handed it to me and I was like, Holy crap, this thing is light. Now, oh, yeah. like you had talked about earlier uh, when we were just now you were saying like 16, 18 pound rifles. What, what was that rifle? like finally or what was the rifle's final weight um that that you were showing me sure so we do at gunworks we got three our three main rifles are our climber magnus and verdict so our verdict is our heavy stock definitely more designed for competition style shooting or uh you know a lot of guys slapping on like a little six creed more to chase coyotes with and things like that uh your, I think we were checking out a couple of the climbers, uh, so that's going to be our lightest configuration that we generally do. Um, you know, if somebody's come up to me, so we can make a climber at the lightest at seven point six pounds with an optic. So that's going to be <laughs> a yeah, that's going to be a titanium action. You know, a little eighteen inch barrel uh, with and a short action, so like a. 6.5 cream or something like that, uh, seven song things, you know, something to that nature. Um, <clears throat> with the three to 18 from Leupold, that little Mark five, yeah, powerhouse of the optic. I love that little scope. Um, so yeah, but I'm and then on the opposite side of that, you know, we got on that verdict. I mean, we could be 14 pounds real easy, you know, all of our the all of our barrels right now, it's all carbon fiber, you know, the stocks are carbon fiber. Uh, everything on our rifle system, like, you know, you know, I've talked before, you know, it's all made right there in Cody. So we, everything besides that uh, trigger and optic is going to be coming right from the shop here. Dang. But, uh, yeah. It's, <clears throat> now, go ahead. 
with with being rifles that are that light, I mean, what is the felt recoil coming from that? I know you were showing me some of the muzzle brakes and stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the technology that you guys keep coming out with runs through the entire system. Yeah. Um, what kind of relief can you feel from from the muzzle brakes, and what like how much does that bring down the felt recoil? Sure. sure. You know, uh, just me personally. Well, everybody wants a 300 PRC and a five pound gun. <laughs> it, I don't know why, but okay, I do understand why they want the biggest caliber, but they don't want to pack the weight. Yep. I, and anybody who says that's a good idea is doing a disservice to you and to themselves. Um, I, for our climbers, you could put, I think our big, our biggest cartridge that we offer is that 300 rum in it. Um, but really, anybody comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to do a anything bigger than like, like a even a twenty eight nozzler, I would be hesitant uh, to put in a climber. Uh, not for structural reasons, just because it just because it's going to you have to be so much better of a shooter to have a twenty eight nozzler in a seven pound rifle than if you had it in an eight and a half pound rifle." know your fundamentals have to be on point because any little flaw you have it's going to be exaggerated just because you know you're getting a lot more muzzle lifting and uh you know you're going to have a little bit more felt recoil so you know everything's got to be in line but you know for us yeah you know we we run those brakes you know generally speaking guys say that a brake cut up to 65 percent out of felt recoil uh, money be higher than that. I don't remember the exact number, 65, 70%. You know, we run a recoil pad on it as well, uh, where our rifles are really different from any, just any other cu- custom rifle maker, just rifle maker in general, is that we all, we do all of our stocks in-house, like I was saying, and the way that our stocks are designed, uh, so where you have, so the comb of your rifle is from your butt stock to your action. 90% of every company out there is has a positive comb. So you're getting from your from the end of your buckstock to your action, it's actually going up at an angle. It won't be much, but it'll definitely be you know, a couple of degrees. Uh, <clears throat> so with that being said, it's nothing against, you know, you know, the friends and competitors out there. It's just how rifles have been made for many years. Uh, you know, with us, we actually have a negative comb. So ours is sloping downward. So that rifle just strictly from the uh, geometrics of the stock is going to track straight back. So you're not going to be getting that muzzle lift. The felt recoil is already going to be way lower because that rifle is not jumping up and slapping you in your face. Uh, Our rifle systems, like pulling the trigger wise is unlike any rifle I've ever been around. Um, it 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 really comes down to just the the care that goes into making a rifle and the the research the research you know the R and D things like that to go into it. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of you know, there's never going to be a five hundred dollar gunworks rifle just because you know we want. It's nothing to be said for guys who own it. It's just the amount of quality and care that's going into every piece of our rifles. It it's unmatched. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, like I said, we like for example, we ran proof barrels for a long time. You know, from really about the time uh, Aaron, the main gunworks guy, the big boss, started making rifles, it was proofs or shelling barrels. Uh, you know, and we uh, you know we want to kind of you know control our own destiny sort of a thing, and that's why we started making barrels here uh, a little while ago. It. Yeah, it's our rifles, the, like I said, the care, the quality, everything that goes into it. You know, we we, we say that we're, we want our guys to buy a lifetime rifle, and we truly mean it. You know, say you say somebody picks one up on the secondhand market, you know, shoot a couple times, you know, action screw strips out, something cracks on it. doesn't matter. It's not in your name. It's whatever. You know, you call one of us salesmen up, we're going to help, help you out and get, get, get it taken care of. Man, that's sweet. I think... Yeah, it sounds like everything that you guys do, one, makes it 
a more comfortable rifle to shoot. Two makes it more accurate. Um, and to, to get rifles like that, that, you know, you've got different weight classes like you would with any rifle maker. Um, but to have a lightweight rifle that can shoot and hold, hold true out at those distances is pretty amazing. What, what new technology do you guys have coming out? And I don't know what all you can share. So, um, (laughs) I, I totally understand if some of it's kind of hush hush, but what can we be looking forward to in the future? Uh, you know, so down at that Cibolo, uh, Cibolo ranch where we hunting at, we had, uh, guns and ammo. One of their riders are out there with us and we got, we got some really cool products coming out here in I think three months, two months. Um, I can't get into too much details with it. That's, that's going to be our biggest, uh, our biggest thing for this year. Um, so, you know, yeah, you guys can do what you want with that information. <laughs> it's it's going to be sweet though. Uh, you know, it's a it's not completely different than what we have been doing, but there's definitely a lot of changes. And I was it's the first time I saw it in real in real life, and we saw had some prototyping around the shop and things like that, and it was a pretty sweet setup. Man, I'm I'm looking forward to finding out more about that because when when I think of Gunworks, I think you know like they've they've kind of perfected a mass production long range rifle sure. and so to think that you guys are still developing and coming out with yeah. new stuff i'm like <laughs> i just would love to be in some of those meetings where like yeah. you guys you guys sure. have brainstorming sessions <laughs> sure and, you know revic so the optic side of gun works we got some really cool stuff coming out with that as well that we just uh right we just released a bunch of videos on our new fluid head uh, for for the tripods. It could go on any tripod that's got that quarter inch uh, uh, stud. Yeah, so that's really sweet. Um, personally, I'm a fan, fan of fluid heads over ball heads. I think they're a lot more pleasant to sit behind. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We got it's going to be a really cool year for Gunworks. I can't share too much. You know, Aaron and Garrett they get in they dive into the weeds quite a bit on the pod on our podcast that we did not too long ago. Uh, about some of the new products uh like we got that bipod coming out here real soon uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool year for gunworks it's uh we got a lot of high expectations and uh yeah we're looking to fill all those little uh little missing components that we've had in our uh, system yeah that like i said i'm i'm looking forward to finding out more about it in uh especially every like I'm going to have to start going to these shows more often. That's where you and I connected was at the Mm -hmm. hunt expo. And then (laughs) what's funny is my wife and I were sitting there. We had just gotten food. We were eating a churro and all of a sudden this dude walks over from the churro cart with a handful of them. I mean, it was like a bouquet of churros. And I was like, this is the best marketing tool I could ever (laughs) ask for. Just pass out churros to different people. And, uh, you were one of the first people I was like, man, I need to go back. Pick was pretty sweet. Like he was awesome to talk to. I'm just going to go offer one to him and then I'm going to save the rest of them for people that I haven't gotten a chance to talk to. Um, <laughs> anyways, that was total, total sidetrack. Uh, yeah. for, for people who may be looking at getting a rifle for say Western hunting, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. that I talk to are, are whitetail hunters. It makes up a huge percent of the market of the outdoor industry. I mean like 70% or something like that. If, if people are trying to go out West and do a hunt for the first time, and maybe they're used to shooting deer at 75 yards, what would you recommend in looking for a new system, rifle, scope, any of it? Sure. Uh, we'll talk optics first. So, you know, we're, uh, we're really good partners with Leopold and Collis. And Collis is owned by Swarovski. It's their tactical line. They make an amazing product. But excuse me, if someone was to come up to me and goes, "Hey, you know, do do I need a Collis to shoot 500 yards?" It's like that's as far as you know somebody's going to shoot. The answer is no. You know, uh, you know, there's a lot of great scopes out there. You know, Burris is making some sweet scopes. I talked with one of those guys quite a bit at the Salt Lake show. Uh, you know, Leopold Vortex, they're all good. You know, the, the next thing I get with that is 
I will always push a first focal plane optic. No matter the situation, I'm always going to recommend first focal plane. Uh, you know, for me, I don't dial for wind. I'm generally always holding it. Uh, so it's a no contest on why. <laughs> you know, I yeah. want that red to be, you know, uh, reading true the whole time. And I may not have to worry about subtensions and the optic can be cranked all the way over at 18 or 25 or whatever it may be. And then the next thing I would say is, uh, you don't need a five to twenty-five scope to shoot even sub thousand yards. You just don't need it. Yeah, <laughs> you know you're picking up a lot more weight, and really, it's not even a lot more weight. It might be a lot more weight depending on your optic. You're, you're picking up more weight for unnecessary gains and or unnecessary, yeah, just completely unnecessary in my opinion. Because you know, the majority of the time, you're not going to be on 25 power. You're probably not even going to be on 20 power. You're going to be 16, 18, maybe even 14. Uh, so where I would always steer a guy would be, let's do, unless you're strictly thinking, you know, you're going out looking for a thousand plus yards consistently, you know, you're going to be shooting steel as well with the same gun and trying to get the most familiar with it as possible. 3 to 18 is going to do everything you need it to do. Uh, you know, you're not going to be picking up as much Mirage as you would with that five to 25. And no matter what somebody tells you, Mirage is, is, it's on the landscape. You, if you had a $50 bush now and a $3,000, uh, Swaro Bino right next to you, you're both going to still see Mirage. Yeah. Um, so from that, yeah, well, three to 18 is probably where I would go for somebody thinking sub a thousand. Uh, next spot I would go is barrel. You don't need a 26 inch barrel anymore to shoot long range. To if somebody's you know chasing velocity, sure, you know you you're it's undeniable you're going to get more velocity. Let's take something like a 6.5 Creedmoor, you know that seven som, you know cartridges in that class, you know 308 things like that. Uh, really. I would be surprised if you were losing more than 45 feet per second for two inches of barrel you cut off. You know, if you're running some sandy loads, I'd, I'd be surprised if it was more than that. Yeah. So really, when somebody's coming to me and they're like, hey, 26-inch barrel, like, you don't need it, but I understand. You know, especially some guys are – some a lot of guys are starting to run with suppressors now, which I am a very large believer in. It, you don't want to be packing around a four foot barrel. No, <laughs> you're packing on a six inch can onto that barrel. You don't need it. Uh, going from that, top cartridge wise, man, that's a, if, in the grand scheme of things. You know, or someone's thinking, you know, readily available. You can find it on the shelf. Uh, you don't want some crazy you know wildcat that you can't find man 280 ackley is really hard to beat for like all around elk muley you know seven psalms right in that same class I and mean, it's a wash between those two in my opinion uh you run a little heavier bullet in that 280 uh so that's i'd probably lean that way just so you know a guy could run a 180 if he wanted to uh you know that 28 nozzler, you're picking up a lot of horsepower with it. If you're consistently hunting elk, though, uh, it's not a bad choice. You just got to, and you got to know what you're getting into. Yep. Uh, I will not shoot a six. This is going to make a lot of people mad. <laughs> I never recommend a 6.5 Creedmoor for hunting in most cases. You know, there's a lot where, you know, the old saying where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that have that Creedmoor on a high shelf for very unwanted or for very, it, it doesn't have the horse fire for me. You know, you're, let's say like a 140, you know, Burger has the 156s and things like that, but most rifles aren't threaded for it. So let's just say a 140-ish grain bullet. You know, six five Creedmoor, say like a twenty two inch barrel, maybe even twenty four or whatever it may be, you're going to be 20, 2,800 feet per second. And, you know, and there's a lot of guys that like to fling those at elk at long 
longer range, you know, five, 600 yards. And you know some people do it and they have great, uh, great success with it. It's never going to be something that I would recommend. Yeah. You know, if someone comes to me, it's like, Hey, I want to build a, you know, lightweight high country, you know, sheep and mule deer rifle. Let's do, you know, six, five PRC. You know, you're picking up a couple hundred feet per second and you could run those a little bit heavier, uh, uh, six, five bullets, you know, getting that more velocity, more velocity. It's definitely the better option between the two, but even then you got to know the limitations of your rifle system. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm putting someone in a seven Psalm to 28 nozzler, uh, that like, like I said, it, you could get into the weeds for me. I'm building that 28 nozzler right now. I'm doing a 20 inch barrel on one of our Magnuses. We're going to run a six inch can on it. And uh, right now I'm probably going to do a 180, 180 grain bullet. I might mess around with those 195s a little bit, but that's to be determined. Uh, but the other thing is you got, like you said earlier, you got to be able to afford what you're going to shoot and you got to be realistic in your ranges. Like I said, somebody's coming to me, you know, I don't plan on shooting under 500 yards. I'm going to get 28. You know, that seven red mag, go old school. is the reason why it's been around forever. Yep. You know, it's awesome cartridge. Uh, that 280 Ackley, that man, that thing's sweet. Uh, yeah. As far as overall weight wise, if I was to build the ultimate Western rifle, I'm going, I'm shooting for probably eight to eight and a half pounds, probably eight and a half pounds. Uh, that's where I'm about going to be with that 28 nozzle. It's about eight and a half pounds, probably just a little less than that. Uh, like I said earlier, everybody wants a five pound, 300 PRC, <laughs> but you know, aren't you, am I making people mad again, but man, go for a couple more runs before season, you know, shave two, three pounds off your, off your body. And you're going to be packing the same amount of weight going up a hill. And you're going to be able to shoot a eight and a half pound gun way better than you can, uh, you know, some of those ultra, you know, seven and a half pound, rifles, things like that, and those bigger magnums. Yeah. You know, some, yeah 6.5 PRC, 7 Tom, something like that, and, you know, and trying to keep it as light, for sure, let's do it. But be realistic with what you're wanting to do. You know, we always say don't build a rifle for the 1%. Build it for the 99% that you're going to do. So if you are go- if, if you hope that you want to go to Alaska to chase uh, big bears, don't build the 338 uh, rum. No, let's put you in a 28 nozzler. Let's put you in something like that to chase elk and muleys and things like that around in the lower 48. And if the day comes where you want to, you know, go up to Alaska and chase big bears, why would you short yourself on the rifle? Yeah. That it's, that's in my opinion. That's the, probably the biggest hindrance and uh, helper that in physical fitness in 99% of all hunting applications. Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, I, I've definitely fallen into the category of the guy who was going to do a new hunt and it may be my first time or only time. And I'm like, man, I need a new rifle for it. It makes perfect (laughs) sense that, you know, if you're doing something 99% of the time, build your rifle for that. And Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll translate to the 1%. But if not, you know, you can explore other options at that point, but Like I, I don't have a moose rifle right now. Like I don't have a rifle that I could go and actively hunt a moose in the Yukon. Although that is something I really want to do one day. It doesn't make sense for me to build that and then be carrying around a rifle that'll blow a white-tailed deer in two pieces uh, (laughs) just because I hope to moose hunt one day. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head and from there, you know, the next thing is bullets. Uh, you know, Gunworks, we're a really big fan of the of a couple of the burger offerings. So, you know, we do like the, the Elite Hunter, the VLDs, the hybrids. Uh, you know, you got to be realistic again. Like, I know I've said it a lot, but it for me, hunting comes down to being realistic with yourself. You know, do you need to, if you're shooting... 300, like you said, white talent is definitely the most hunted for species in the world. Or not in the world, in the country. 
let's say average whitetail shot is sub 200 yards. Do you need a uh, burger VLD for that? Absolutely not. Could the good old Remington Corlock do it? Yeah. Time and time again. Yep. Uh, would I go out west, you know, come out here to Wyoming with the with a 130 grain core lock in my seven mag? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, so personally, I shoot the ELDXs from Hornady. I've had yeah. a lot of good success with them. Uh, you know, I, I do like those uh, 140s, uh, those 140 Burger Elite Hunters for that 6.5 class. Uh, the VLDs are a really good option. You know, you're, you're definitely starting, some people say it's a matchable, which there's definitely more people shooting them in match competitions than in hunting situations. There's also a pile of dead animals from the Gunworks shop and Gunworks customers that would argue against it. But I understand what where guys come from. You know, you're going to get, you know, 28 nozzler, at a whitetail or a mule deer or something like that, sub 100 yards, yeah, you're, you're probably going to get a pass through, man, <laughs> without nothing happening. Uh, especially, you know, one of those burgers, you know, you put like an elk or something like that in front of it, it's probably going to explode on impact. Yeah. You can be realistic with your hunt situations. Uh, you know, for me, if I'm running a 28 nozzler with a burger on something like elk and smaller up close, I'm putting it on, on its shoulder. And I'm breaking bone, you know, for multiple reasons. One, it's going to initiate expansion. And really, a burger doesn't expand. It'll start tumbling. You know, you might get some flaking, but generally speaking, it's just going to tumble. Uh, yeah, so I'm putting it on the shoulder. So it's going to start tumbling instantly, and an animal can't run without running gear. Yep. And, that, and that's going both ways. If I got an elk at 900 yards... I'm not putting that thing on its shoulder. <laughs> I'm holding lung and I'm, yeah. You know, like I said, for me, that ELDX is a really good option. The ELDM as well uh, is an awesome option as well. Everything I've ever, you know, read online and, you know, all the YouTube videos and things like that, it, a lot of people say that they go hand in hand as far as uh, expansion and uh, terminal performance. I think that ELDX is still the better bullet. You're getting a little bit, it's definitely a little bit harder of a bullet. So you're getting a little bit more penetration before, you know, your bullet's going to start tumbling or expanding. Uh, you know, I got some, some ABLRs too. It's a pretty good option. You know, the re the big reason why we like those burgers is it's given us a very high BC in comp comparatively uh, weights to other bullets uh, in that same class. Because, you know, like, you know, we're always erring on the side of longer shooting. So if a bullet's going to, you know, buck the wind a little bit better, you know, it's going to uh, be able to travel better with a, you know, say a lower, little bit lower velocity. It's a good option, man. Uh, yeah. Like I said, you know, the core lock's a great bullet. A lot, a lot of folks use it. I mean, I got some 30-30 over there in the, uh, over there in the closet that's cheap core locks, and I definitely enjoy them for some things. But you can, the bullet is where you could ruin a rifle, in my opinion. And it could ruin, like you said, it's the only thing that's touching the animal and it could ruin somebody from hunting. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, not even generally speaking, I'll always run a heavy for caliber bullet. So, like in that 6.5 PRC, I, get, I run some 153, uh, the A tips. From Hornady, you're about to figure out I like Hornady bullets. So, <laughs> in my 300 mag, I run uh, the 208s, the ELDXs, and that. Um, girlfriend's rifle, she actually shoots some barns, their TTSXs. Um, you just got to be confident with your bullet selection. And for anybody who is hand loading will definitely understand this is you know you're gonna have some bullets that just sit in your reloading shelf because they just didn't end up shooting good in your rifle and i would say the exact same for somebody who's not reloading don't like you said don't buy a rifle and run the core locks don't buy the rifle and run full metal jackets you know it you know spend the money 
and I understand like, Hey, I, before I was at Gunworks, man, I was ranching, not making very much money. So I I've definitely been there. Uh, you know, save up for an extra month, you know, buy that little bit better rifle, buy that better scope, uh, you know, save up. Even if that rifle has to sit in your safe for two months, you know, get yourself some premium federal, you know, like that terminal scent loading that they do, you know, get yourself some of that good, you know, precision hunter or, uh, you know, things like that. And really, you know, get two, three boxes a piece. Granted right now, you're going to be lucky to find two or three boxes of anything. <laughs> But shoot that rifle and really figure out what's going to be good. Yeah, you may be lucky in that, you know, say that, uh, you know, that uh, terminal ascent bullet from Federal, that their premium or whatever line they call that guy. Uh, you know, say that's shooting a half mini, like, man, there you go. Yeah. And go shoot that at a, you know, say that's in October at 60 degrees and go shoot that when it's, uh, you know, 90 or something like that. It's going to, you know, you could definitely see some differences, uh, you know, and, you know, you say, hey, you know, that's it. You know, that ELDX may shoot quarter minute. You know, it, it it's all time, time, behind, time, money, and time behind a gun. It, this is really what it all amounts to. It, uh, that's why I thoroughly enjoy reloading because, one, it's fun. I think it's fun. Uh, and a guy could really start to, open up his horizons with uh, his shooting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the ammo debate, I mean, there's a lot of people that'll, that'll be sold out one way or the other. What I think first time hunters need to realize when they're shooting long range is with these ballistic apps and calculators, you can actually get a bunch. You can, you can load several different rounds into it for the same rifle. And so you don't have to only you don't have to only shoot one round all year oh, long. You know, Absolutely. you can shoot a certain round during coyote season, a different round during whitetail season, and in the ballistics calculator app, you can have that punched in so that, you know, once if a deer does walk out at three hundred yards, you know what your holdover needs to be or what your adjustment needs to be versus yeah. a coyote um, with a totally different round at sixty yards. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if, like you just said, if I was ever to go up, which hopefully one day I do uh, grow up enough to be able to go up to Alaska and I'm chasing, you know, big bears or something like that, you best believe I'm loading up like an LRX or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. want to drive. <laughs> yeah. That, there are certain game animals that you don't want to leave any question of if that yeah. thing's going down on shot number one because... I can't imagine. I mean, I've, I've had to, I've gone after wounded coyotes before that, like sure. my buddy's shot. I can't mm -hmm. imagine doing that with, you know, <laughs> a 900 pound bear that wants yeah. to rip your face off. Oh yeah. No, thanks. Absolutely. I think looking at shooting long range for different species, there's mm -hmm. a certain amount of energy that it takes to kill an animal, you know? Yeah. And I mean, given the different placements and stuff of the round, obviously it's going to take more or less energy. Um, but, but just because your rifle can hit a steel plate at a certain distance might not mean it has the knockdown power to take out a bull moose at that same distance. Oh, absolutely. You know, and to be honest, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of guys that will look at that foot pounds of energy, like a lot, I remember like growing up, it was always 1600 pounds at like 800 yards to kill an elk or something like that. <laughs> uh, and to be honest with you, I don't get too lost in the noise of the foot pounds of energy. What I'm really looking at is shot placement and your velocity to make sure that bullet is reliably going to expand, which you, you, you touched on there briefly. Um, those are my two big things. Um, and that, and then a guy definitely, some of the more unexperienced uh, hunters hunters out there should definitely probably pay more attention to that than, than what I probably do, or yeah. just other folks in general. Because, uh, yeah, you know, say you got an elk at 400 yards or whatever it may be, and, yeah, you know, your bullet can perform out of a 6.5 Creedmoor at that, but, you, yeah, you know, does it have the foot pounds of energy? A lot, 
and it starts getting into ethics as well, you know, and, and that's going to change from one person to another. Yep. Yeah. Me personally, I don't want to be chasing down animals to put follow-up shots in them as much yeah. as possible. So, um, oh, yeah. to, to show up so, with the right equipment, <laughs> I think yeah. is going to be worth it. For sure, man. Absolutely. Um, real quick before we hop off, switching away from like rifles or setups, mm-hmm. what, what's your favorite thing to hunt? Man, I think right now, oh man, I mean, small games, just, just fun in general. Uh, I don't think the species is is as important to me as the folks I got around me. Yeah. So, like, you know, Dad, like I said, a group of us went up to Montana this past year, and that was the first hunt that Pops and I did that was out of state. So that that, that one holds a special place for me. Uh, you know, moving out here to Wyoming recent, halfway recently, uh, I'm really looking forward to start chasing some antelope. I got really looking forward to that. I think chasing mule deer is just fun though, man. Uh, calling coyotes is right up there as well. Um, and dove hunting as well. I love those little birds. Those Dude, little birds with me. You and me would get along really well because my, <laughs> my hunting, uh, the species I like to hunt is way all over the spectrum. Just like yes. that, man. I like to hunt everything. I have not antelope hunted yet. And that's mm-hmm. something that I definitely want to try. I know Wyoming. I mean, you can get a non-resident doe tag for like 49 bucks. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. That would be so much fun. And I've got a couple of buddies who have done that a few years in a row now. So I might just need to tag along with them on one of those hunts and see what it's all about. Yeah. Well, they say that there's more antelope than people here in Wyoming by (laughs) a pretty decent factor. (laughs) Like a, a resident can get, I think five, antelope tags one uh Jeez. one buck and a couple doe tags yeah and uh yeah so I'm, re- I'm, I'm really looking forward to chasing antelope this year uh yeah small small like i said small game's fun but it's for me it's definitely the people that i got around me because i'll rarely hunt solo yeah. not for any other reason than i like having my, my buddies and things like that along with me to experience stuff <laughs> yeah no, I feel that. Like I might, I might sit in my tree stand by myself, but mm-hmm. if I know I'm heading out, I'm going to invite a bunch of different people in hopes yeah. that one person wants to come out. And even oh, if they're sure. sitting in a tree stand 200 yards away to like shoot them a text, like, dude, anything moving, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. like the, the camaraderie of it is where it's, oh, yeah. where it's at. I couldn't, I couldn't be like the Remy Warren doing solo hunter, like, hiking in 10 miles by myself to chase after mm-hmm. an elk and then packing it out by myself. I definitely sure. like the social aspect of hunting. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Well, dude, it's been awesome talking and I can't believe we're already over an hour of chatting. It seems like that flew by. That, um, that went fast. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to get together sometime, man. I think it'd be a lot oh, of yeah. fun. I might, I might have to start looking into the shooting schools and, um, have some conversations. If I'm up in your neck of the woods, maybe we can get out and do some dove. Or if you're looking at getting out somewhere new, I have a killer dove spot here in Missouri. I'm talking like you better practice reloading your gun as fast as you can, because you will be missing opportunities of birds flying by just because you're busy reloading. Yeah. It's a good time. So let's stay in touch and, and maybe we can get on a hunt together soon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, before we hop off, where can, where can people find you? Where can they follow along with you and, uh, where can they connect with Gunworks? Sure. Yeah. So Gunworks is pretty easy. It's just gunworks.com. It is spelled way different. It's a uh, W E R K S not O R K S. It's kind of our thing there to spell things a little differently. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, we're on all the socials, you know, Instagram, Facebook, just Gunworks and myself, you know, I'm on, all the social as well. Instagram is Pig Taylor seventeen seventy six. And we gotta let that one represent a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if any of your listeners got questions about rifles, cartridges, just anything, I'm always more than happy to chat. Chat rifles and hunting, and you know all that sort of good stuff. Sweet man. Well, I appreciate you sharing that information, and uh, we'll we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on.
And that is going to wrap up today's show. Man, I had a great time talking to Paik and finding out a little bit more about long-range shooting. It's something that I've done in the past, but I haven't fully put it into effect in a hunting scenario. So hopefully I can hone in on my skills and everything that he talked about, from the rounds to the optics to the... I mean, it, it all comes into play. It really does when you're talking about making an effective shot on a big game animal out at six, seven, eight hundred yards. And so... Hopefully you guys took as much away from that as I did. I know I'm looking forward to getting out on hunts and that's a cool tool to have in the arsenal, being able to push your range out a little bit farther, but it all takes practice. So right now is a perfect time. A lot of big game seasons are over um, and they're not gonna start up for quite a while, unfortunately. I know, I think Florida just opened their turkey season and shed hunting is open all across the country right now maybe not in Colorado I think they've got a specific season for it now anyways what a good time to get out there and practice to try to bump out your range a little bit if it's by 100 yards or by 500 yards I think now is when you need to hone in your equipment maybe make some upgrades think about reloading your ammunition all that good stuff so I'm looking forward to it I I hope to get out and uh, put some rounds down range Uh, That's kind of my pastime when it comes to late spring, early summer stuff. Anyways, until next time, guys, get out there and find a new adventure.